Warning. The following podcast may not be suitable for all audiences. This podcast talks about real people, places, and events. It also talks about a bunch of stupid stuff and a silly goth boy going cross-eyed for being domed by a demon goat man. (laughs) (laughs) Demonologists and psychologists believe that listening to this may cause a pink boy attachment through your electronic devices (laughs) that can result in increased stupidity. Listen at your own risk. Oh my god, I'm starting to shake, man. I know. Just don't open yourself up to them. Try it, man. Do not say you're starting to shake. Okay. Don't open yourself up to them. That can be dangerous. Come here! Do it! Stop running! Go back in. Do not run! Go back in. Come fight me in the dark. I want to provoke the hell out of him. Imagine, as I speak, I'm standing against snowy backgrounds with factories belching smoke. And these shots are interspersed artistically with close-ups of a sexy frozen Jesus. My name is Joel Kleinberger, and this is Eric Hoofnagel. We have a podcast about ghost adventures on the internet. We are one of the leading experts on Zach Bagan's lore in the world. And this is the documentary that really fucked us up. (laughs) Oh, it is, it is officially time. We can do it. It is our holiday special. It is our Krampus present to you. Demon House, the documentary, the new hotness from Zachy B and his new boys. Yeah, and only his new boys. Uh, including one new meth head who definitely was not on meth. Oh, yeah. Uh, Adam, not like the other girls, all brands. <laughs> oh, man. I can't. I, this was, this was so fucking good. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say I didn't take a gander over at my open closet door at least once while watching this episode or watching this this documentary there were some there were some times where i was like hmm hmm spookums i i will honestly cop that i watched this right before bed the first time yeah same last night you know it was one of those things where i was like it was like midnight and i'm staring into the middle distance and i'm like i'm hearing a bunch of weird shit in my house and i'm like Retro. He's right. <laughs> that demon's gonna get me. <laughs> then I'm suddenly in front of a door, and I can't control my body. And the door opens, and a 12-foot-tall goat figure is standing there. And dark black smoke comes out of its mouth, and I'm forced to inhale it. When I woke up, my lungs hurt. And I knew this was some serious shit that meant something. What an interesting switch of tone this documentary is compared to Ghost Adventures proper. This, that's what I'm saying. This is like a pupil moment for Zach Bagans. Like, this is what changed him. It's clear that, like, he wanted this to be scary. And it is. It's a scary documentary. But I couldn't help but think the entire time how quickly 
it would have been ruined by the presence of Aaron or Nick. <laughs> for any oh, yeah. moment of time. Any moment where like there's a scary music and there, and Zach's like, I noticed the all these things started happening. And then like a, then Nick like hits something with a fucking like paper tube. Or 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 it cuts over to, to Aaron's gate grouper mouth. Oh ho, 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 dude! There's a reason why Aaron is not involved in this. I think that was a wrong thing for them to done. This is obviously Artur Zach. This is what he wanted the original Ghost Adventures documentary to be like. Yeah. But now he actually has the money and the creative control and the influence to make it happen. Oh, yeah. And, And also, like, he doesn't skip a beat in letting you know this ain't family friendly. This ain't your grandma's ghost adventure. Yeah. He says the F word right away. Ooh, he drops a hard F right off the bat. (laughs) Because it really fucked him up. It really fudged me up. (laughs) It really fricked me down. (laughs) This was the episode that really fricked around in my head. I felt when I walked into that house that I was walking into H-E double hockey sticks itself. When I, when I reached the bottom of those stairs, it really flipped me upside down. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you mentioned, the noticeable lack of Nick and Aaron is felt. I mean, obvious lack of Nick, but noticeable lack of Aaron. It did make me happy because I feel like Zach probably tried to strong arm Aaron to this. And he was like, nah. I don't know, man. Like, why the fuck was Aaron not involved yet all his other new newbie cronies were? I think it's because Billy Tully and Jay have no status and mm. literally will do anything that Zach says. Maybe it's because... In the in the contract, Zach wrote, "Must be willing to be assaulted by Zach <laughs> constantly. <laughs> Must not sue if assaulted by Zach." It's to the point where it's so banal that after it happens, they're just like, "Yeah, I mean, you you attacked him." Well, yeah, it's part of the job. It's part of the job, man. Look, like people do underwater welding, dude. You die. <laughs> you die down there. Hey, look, we we just work with Zach Baggins. He kicks our ass sometimes. And, uh, and and he fucks our girlfriends like it's that's how it is. Sometimes he just raises his arms like he's gonna choke you and goes like, Bleh! and then he calms down. Sometimes he goes full twelve foot goat demon on you. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes a succubus gets in him and he puts his leg pressing you against the wall with his foot and stretches in for a kiss. He's very flexible, like in anime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Billy. Yeah. What in the fuck just happened? Oh, you attacked Jay. You told him, get the fuck out. And then you, like, rushed him. Basically slammed me against the wall. Let's talk about this documentary and the house that is the center of probably Western society's biggest haunting since the Amityville Horror. If there's a place that has any dark energy at all, this place might be that place, and it's probably cursed. I, I did think that this was an Aaron Goodwin-produced documentary because it's made by Freestyle Media that had the, a stick man skateboarding and doing a sick trick. Sick, bro! 
It's not. I did look up Freestyle Media, and it's like one of those companies that have somehow made a thousand movies that no one's ever heard of. Oh, man. Like, like, a, pu- like a puppet comedy movie called Alan the Dog. The tagline is, puppy love is a bitch. Jesus Christ. God, wow. Let's see if the mutts hit it off. Unless this is a menage a pas type of thing. No! She's a human and you're a dog. You're not right for Ellie, dude. Yeah, that is the 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 buy one, get one free bin uh, dollar store. Maybe the DVD works. Maybe it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. This is what you find in like a a convenience store that you happen to stop in on a road trip that just happens to sell like really weird DVDs, and you're like, "All right." I had no idea you could get DVDs at the Dollar General. Is it five dollars for a, a thirty hour DVD compilation of the Midwest Circuit Wrestling Greatest Hits from 1970 to 1985? Sure, I'll see what that's about. Wow, man, this is it. He really unloads yeah on this documentary we know that he he tends to do that with things where he'll be like this is the most haunted location that has ever existed in the history of humanity yeah but this time he uh, no spoilers but fuck man he this is his like magnum opus all roads lead to demon house and all roads since then for his life lead as a result of Demon House. Yeah, it is the bottleneck of his career. For those who don't know, the Demon House story, because again, Zach Bagans, as you said, he goes off on every location on Ghost Adventures, like, this is the most haunted fort in Canada. Listen to these chubby doses. <laughs> Somebody exploded their head and barfed out fart gas from their mouth. There's no way there'd be this many docents if it wasn't very haunted. <laughs> exactly, but... This is a haunting story that was so big and had so many desperate, disparate witnesses that... (laughs) Desperate. I mean, disparate. (laughs) Disparate. (laughs) Little little Freudian slip there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll get into that. This is going to be goat noise, the fucking shit. Goat man noise. That's some scary shit. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, if you were in a dead quiet house in the middle of winter and Gary and Anna and you heard a fucking goat yell in your ear, you'd scream and poop. Yeah, my eyes would explode from behind. <laughs> Speaking of Gary, Indiana, in November of 2011, which is three years before Zach gets involved, uh, Latoya Amons, her mother, Rosa Campbell, and her three children uh, move into a house on Carolina Street in Gary, Indiana. Uh, If you don't know about Gary, Indiana, which is in Warlocks, it is a not good place. Yeah. Looks a bit like a shithole. Yeah, that is definitely one of those places that was uh, destroyed by capitalism. Mm. They moved all the factories overseas, and then there's these communities like Gary, where it's like, there's there's no jobs. And then the water turned into rust sludge, and no one did shit about it. Yep. Gary is one of those places. Uh, It has one of the highest murder rates per capita in, in the country. Jesus Christ. It has one of the highest unsolved murder rates in the country. 
which will be prevalent in our discussion going forward. <laughs> yeah, we do get to meet the police force. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty self-explanatory why those crimes ain't getting oh solved. Oh my god, dude. <laughs> Gary is a, is a rough place to be, but Latoya Amons and her family move into a, you know, a small house in, on Carolina Street, and right away, apparently, according to them, things start happening. I'm just going to run off the hits. In the first few days, they report black flies beginning to swarm the porch. Uh, and this is in the middle of winter. This is in, like, the end of November, December. That's weird. And so and they can't seem to kill the flies because they just keep coming back. Uh, the haunting itself starts off pretty small they begin hearing footsteps in the basement and creaking doors and then they eventually report seeing a figure in the living room and finding boot prints that they can't account for during a family gathering latoya's uh, 12 year old daughter was seen levitating above her bed oh. the family had to uh, gather and pray until she uh came back to rest hmm one boy was dragged across the room. Uh, the youngest boy at another point was reported to say, it's time to die and I'm going to kill you in a growl and like begin attacking uh, his grandma and his brother. The police and CPS eventually get involved. They're like, we're going to take your kids away. And she's like, no, 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 no. They're, they're full of demons. Yep, they're, they're full, full of, demons. of demons. And they're like, Psh, no, they're not. And then the kid crawls up the wall. And then they're like, all right, we're all out. This That's one of the things. For me as a skeptic, this is a very compelling documentary as far as evidence goes. Mm. It's also a documentary that gets my hackles up in big ways. Yeah. This is a compelling portion. And CPS gets the kids to come to the hospital to get checked out because one of the reasons they're getting involved is because the kids are not going to school. The mother keeps saying it's because of demonic activity and hauntings that they are unable to go to school so cps gets involved and there's a moment where the youngest child in a room with the cps agent and the psychologist on staff uh witness the child apparently smile and then begin to walk up the wall backwards <laughs> at which point everybody leaves the room <laughs> yeah right to be fair good good reaction like nah out no nah. <laughs> look man i deal with like abused kids i don't deal with demons i'm out you are right that this is compelling because of all the first person descriptions of these things however my hackles also rise for most of this documentary because i have a feeling that everyone's in on it i agree with you to a certain extent mm. and I, I think it really depends on who we are talking about mm -hmm. i don't think the amons are actually involved in a con the original family because the story doesn't break in any noticeable big way until 2014 right after zach has a dream Exactly. Zach has a dream where a sexy demon goat daddy pins him against the wall and belches black cum into his mouth. This activity was hot. Zach describes this dream. Oh, yeah. And goddamn, it's still Zach. <laughs> it's still fucking Zach. He's like trying to make it sound all scary. And he's like, I had a dream 
that I was a spirit hanging out with other spirits. And I was showing them how I could lift things and freak people out. I was showing them how I could lift things without even touching them. And they were all like, dude, Whoa, bro, that's sick. That is hella sick. Do you have a museum by chance? <laughs> yes, I said. I have a museum of many haunted objects. We could totally hang out there and fuck with the visitors. Dude, check it out. My mom won't be home for so long. <laughs> we can go and we can lift all the objects with our minds. <laughs> we could play Nintendo 64 with only our spirit powers. But then this total buzzkill showed up and he was 12 feet tall. <laughs> this total asshole who mains Pikachu in Smash Bros. <laughs> like some kind of fucking hack. <laughs> I never saw him take a single drag of his vape, but the vape smoke <laughs> emerged anyways. And he said, bro, bro, check this out. You'll get super high. And he blew it in my mouth. And I did. And I did. And I didn't want to get high because I knew my mom was coming right back. <laughs> oh, God. Get those nerds! 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 And this is where I, I don't think the Amons are initially in on anything i think from what i found out about the family is that the mom is you know it's that thing of extreme poverty where you don't have access to things like mental health uh, services or our hospital services where it's like what do you do you get extremely religious yes she has had a history going back into 2009 of having issues because of her extreme religiousness and her belief in the effects on her life and her children's life from the spiritual realm yeah and if we're if we're to take if we're to take uh what her shirt says seriously <laughs> uh, she sounds like a really intense woman because yeah. she is wearing a shirt that says attitude served daily fresh damn whoa <laughs> that's what's up damn <laughs> The, the original psychologists that they don't interview because the the, the first psychologist that they actually had uh, look at the kids would do some tests with the children and say go on to say that they didn't find anything abnormal and they actually believed that the kids were just performing mm. at, mm -hmm. in order to fulfill like the her, their mother's delusions essentially. But... Shit goes crazy. Zach buys the house for $35,000 sight unseen in 2014. He goes there in the middle of winter. Man, 2014 prices. I mean, it's Gary, Indiana. It we could move there right Indiana. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. We don't want to go there, Eric. Uh, so, yeah, he goes out there in the middle of winter in 2014. He kicks out the people that have been uh, squatting in there and taking refuge from the Indiana winter. From the fucking cold. He shows up. Yeah. Um, actually, I just bought this house for, a, for chump change. You gotta go. No, I'm not gonna live in it, but you can't. Seems like like things are going pretty well here in Gary, Indiana. I'm sure you guys can find a place. Meanwhile, yeah, this is also gonna be a three ghost Scrooge-esque story where Zach is gonna have to confront all of their frozen corpses at some <laughs> abandoned factory sometime later. I'm very uncomfortable right now. He gets a text right away from his favorite psychic, Chris Fleming. The way Chris talks to him sounds like 
You know when, like, really, really rich people have, like, a life coach Mm -hmm. that is, like, way overpaid? Yeah. And they just, like, jump in with, like, really dumb little, like, hey, listen, you probably shouldn't do this shit. He just hops in with this, like, the most chummy text. And he's like, yo, bro, check it. There's a fucking giant demon there. He's an 8 out of 10. This demon is 8 out of 10. He ain't Satan, but he's one of his generals. I love this text so much. This this documentary goes all over the place for me as a skeptic. This is one of those things that confirms to me that psychics are a bunch of fucking liars. Oh, yeah, yeah. Also to show that, like, Zach is so fucking Catholic at this point. Zach has gone well beyond hunting ghosts. He is full on Van Helsing this shit now. There's one place in the entire world that we have always wanted to visit. A place that when I was a young child myself, always had this eerie connection to and I never knew why. A connection to a sadistic ruler named Vlad Depeche. You may better know him as Dracula. Chris is such a powerful psychic that not only has he proven that Catholicism is the one true religion, but he also knows the bureaucratic military structure of hell itself. Dude, if we're talking about doom, hell yeah! I want, I want to, I want to play to the point that I get to the eight out of ten general of Satan. Yeah, sounds sick. Sounds like a really hard boss fight. It's gonna be a great boss fight. <laughs> you said that Chris sounds like a like a rich person's life coach. I thought it kind of sounded like kids discussing power levels of their favorite anime at like high school. <laughs> Megazord. <laughs> you no, know, uh, excuse me. Um, the Dragon Zord could absolutely beat Megazord. It's like an eight out of ten on the power scale. Um, I don't know if you actually know this, but um, the twelve foot goat demon is a uh, actually he is a ghost type poison miner and uh i don't need to tell you i don't need to tell you how effective that is against um a a baggins um yeah who's basically just like a normal type (laughs) bird he's basically normal normal uh with psychic miner um which uh i can just i can tell you uh it's not very powerful (laughs) zach baggins is like a, a super saiyan one goku and this demon is like ssj god Super Saiyan, okay? Like, his hair's blue. You don't even understand. He is only hair. He's one glowing yellow hair. That's how Super Saiyan he is. Zack kicks in the door and he's like, I don't care about this text, whatever. He cyber stalks the family, which is funny. Dude. That's great. Insane. Insane. Yeah, right? That seems uncomfortable, right? Latoya did a news story uh, like a year ago or something, and we were able to find this news story that wasn't related to her exorcisms about a mold problem here in these apartments. And you could see her standing there with the address on the right-hand side, and that's how we were able to be led here. You want to explain yourself? Grab that towel right there, please. Wrap it around yourself, and please sit in that stool. What are you doing? The fact that he even put that detail in this movie either shows that, like, all of this was actually fine with everyone, or he's that clueless. 
that he's just like he's like um they didn't want to talk to me so i decided i'd hunt them we were able to figure out her location by seeing the address in indianapolis and then doing a google street search i simply looked up where attitude was being served daily fresh (laughs) (laughs) so he fucking he goes there and the brother talks to them and and he's like nah dog she ain't coming out no she doesn't want anything to do with you but then the brother comes out and goes and like talks to them and then he gets kicked out of the fucking house he's not allowed back in because he touched zach bagans and zach bagans has been in that house and i think eric that this is a probably as good a time as any to get into a little bible study oh fantastic Zach Bagan's I Am Haunted Living Life Through the Dead was published in the middle of filming this. Oh, okay. This is prior to him suffering the effects. This is prior to him having his new meth head band friend, camera guy, (laughs) uh, barf up blood in his hotel room and scream his name in the night. And it's, it, it paints a kind of an interesting picture about the dynamics that are happening here. This is, I think, a very important passage to keep in mind as we go forward. My first thought was to make a documentary film about what happened in the house and to the family, because documentary filmmaking is my passion. But... This story is bigger than just me and a documentary film. It could help provide answers to some of the oldest mysteries of the paranormal world, so I wanted to be a part of it. It's like an astrophysicist finding out that a huge meteor has just hit Indiana, and there are fragments of it all over the state. What? It's what the astrophysicist has been looking for his whole life, and suddenly it's in Indiana. That's a bummer. So to me, getting involved was not a want, but a need. It was one of the most credible and witnessed demonic possessions I've ever heard about in the media. I had to get involved. Because Zach even includes some doubt in the documentary about the story. Because a lot of people are getting their hands on this story. This is a fucking mess. Everyone's got their fucking grubby fingers in this pie. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, it doesn't even look like a pie anymore. No, it looks like it just looks like a uh, a big old pile of smushed berries. This looks like whatever fucking Adam let out. Uh, to wit, uh, which is Warlocks for reference about how much money is changing hands about this story. Uh, Netflix just recently, I think this last year. Uh, Purchased the story rights for $65 million. Jesus! $65 million? And And that goes to who? LaToya? Absolutely not. This is, uh, I don't know how to find out who has had the rights before, right? Yeah. It's, that's a complicated process, but LaToya and the associated people involved in this story, my theory, because it's America, this poor black family probably got offered essentially chump change in the long run oh absolutely because there's no fucking way they're going to give that much money to a poor black woman that's just too good that there there's no way 
that would ever happen in this fucking country. And that's one of the reasons why Zach bought the house, because he even says in this that that was his foot in the door, literally. He can't buy the rights to the story. He's going to buy the house. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. It wasn't on the market. He just cold called the owner. Is like, I'm going to buy your house. Can I buy your house? And he was like, yeah, sure. Fuck it. There's people in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can deal There's with that, I guess. There, but I... So yeah, I don't believe Latoya got, and her family got very much out of this. But Zach got a lot, of, a lot out of this, and you mentioned his Catholicism. Mm -hmm. And you're so fucking right. Yeah. This is what he says about exorcism, which happens twice in this documentary. Religion is taught through sacred texts like the Bible, but for atheists and non-believers, the Bible is still a book, and it's the story of Jesus Christ, a man. He's not here to sit down and tell us what everything ever written about him is true. Having faith means believing in his teachings, which have been passed through passed down through many generations and people believe in different gods christianity judaism islam which are yeah three big ones but there's a lot of other ones zach there are all belief systems and they are different for everyone but an exorcism that involves supernatural events that defy the laws of physics and scientific explanation i believe something godlike is connected to this event Dude, mm -hmm. man, what a fucking, like, sellout goth. And he goes on to say, the highest members of the clergy can't tell us exactly who God is or how he, capital H, E, no. he, very nice, Zach, gendering God, came to exist. Here's my confusion here. I I'm wondering, is this is sort of my chicken or egg moment. Did Zach become religious because he sees connections between things that aren't actually there, and there's no such thing as a coincidence? Or did he become religious and then start seeing things that way? Because I'm so worried for Zach becoming a fucking QAnon person, <laughs> because, man, he is on the way. Well, he, he answers that question in this very chapter. Oh, Eric. no way. Uh, but to actually witness God defeating the devil in an exorcism, I think that's the most powerful material event in the living world that let the, lets us witness the power of God. It's what I think combat must be like when an enemy soldier gets shot. When the bullets hit the enemy, you see the effect it has on him. In an exorcism, when a priest says the words of God, it's like bullets hitting the demon and terminating it. It's proof to me that the power of God is real. Seeing exorcism's work has made me more religious. <sighs> That's the whole point. It's the whole point. Yeah, that's the whole point, Zach. That's the whole point of this, like, fucking circus theater religious bullshit. And again, this is Witches of the Warlocks. This is not saying that nothing in the spiritual realm is real or whatever. It's just that one organization apparently claims full control of the ability to do this practice. And it is only in the context of the big capital H he God versus the big capital H he devil. 
<laughs> that this whole thing yeah. is is actuated. He likes it because it's simple. There's a good guy and there's a bad guy. This brings my first big question because I think this whole episode is going to be a little bit more talky, a little less funny uh, for our general brand, but I think it's super interesting. <laughs> well, I mean, this is, that's the whole thing is like, that's the point of this documentary is it's not funny at all. No, it's super serious. It, there's no goof. There's no goofy going on. I mean, there's some goofy going on, but it's not supposed to no, be. No, it's not supposed to be. <laughs> Here's my question, Eric, because throughout the whole documentary with all the stories, we have children walking up walls and speaking in low growly voices we have flies appearing on the porch in winter which is classically a sign of uh beelzebub the lord of flies and has been popular popular has been popularized <laughs> popularized that's a hard one to say when you're talking popularized. popularized popularized popular population uh, in a <laughs> penitentiary. <laughs> the mortuary in the penitentiary is popularized. How dare you? I've given you too much ammo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tongue-tied. I have a disability. Not cool. On your way. So, yeah, but like, okay, so we got Beelzebub flies. We have levitating children. We have children walking up walls. We got oil. Later in the documentary, the second family that we'll talk about in a second, we have them uh, with stigmata and finding a six on somebody. That's the thing that I have a hard time with, and I wanted to get your feelings on it. All of these things are so stereotypical as far as stories. It is all of the stuff that happens in every western demonic possession story if if we take the view that it is real and it is happening would it be that spirits take on and do the things that would affect people the most mm -hmm. why would a spirit do stigmata on a you know, a Trobriand Islander, you know? Yeah. They're going to be like, oh, I got bit by some bugs in the night. Like, it doesn't matter to them. But to a deeply religious, like, Catholic person, that's going to have extreme significance to them. So perhaps yeah. if it's not all complete bullshit, uh, that's maybe that's what's going on is that what you what affects you is what these things tend to do and then how does that work in the cosmology of religion that's what because you know i i have a passing fan fascination with religion and mm, so like yes me too this is ex extremely western this is extremely oh, yeah. this is exclusively based in abrahamic religion it's like we're including beelzebub a theorized general or offshoot of satan itself depending on how you read it i mean zach is describing a demon based upon baphomet which was a like symbol that was taken by the catholics and turned into satan because it scared them so bad baphomet is not at all satan like the, the the goat thing came pretty recent in like representations of Lucifer. Well, as we discussed in the Ancient Ram Inn with Saint Dunstan, who checked in and put 
little shoes on the cloven hooves. <laughs> cloven Dunstan. Dunstan clopped in. Don't say clop. That's that is a different connotation. We're on the internet. We can't say clopped. It's going to get all the bronies horny. Oh, no. Yeah, all, all I'm saying is is I'm a brony. I am actually I actually make animations and art for the brony community. And that's why you always underscored your fucking computer whenever I walk in. That's why you always turned off your monitor. Uh, that's another thing. Uh, I, I kind of uh, watch porn relating to ponies. What? Are you fucking with me? No, it's called clopping, Dad. It's no. called clopping, You're okay? It's a natural thing. That would account for why demons attack people with fucking levitation and bugs in sixes in our western society and then in like southeast asia you have like flying severed heads with spinal columns and stuff and, and those things ref are reflections of cultural fears well speaking of collections of cultural fears let's talk about that cultural fear of not wanting to be poor as we talk about <laughs> the second family and this mm. is where my hackles done be raised yeah yeah uh this woman well after the story is broken drives up oh she shows up like fucking red bone one day when we're filming at the house a woman drives by and says she used to live there in the 90s all right what do you got filming stuff's in there you were what do you mean you're in there uh, for about a year just rolls up jumps out and says i need to be a part of this now and i've brought my entire family and this is again immediately why this raises my hackles because Toya and her kids, this story and the people sniffing out the money didn't come for years after she had already moved out of the house and gone to Indianapolis. But this woman lived in the house before Latoya though. Yeah, and now now that the now that reports of, of money changing hands and how big the story is, now she comes out of the woodworks to talk to Zach Bagans. Yeah. She tells a story about how her brother was murdered in that basement? Mm, I think, no, he wasn't murdered in the basement. I think he lived in the basement and he was murdered later. They keep saying, like, he, the, the boy who was murdered was in this room. And it's like, he he slept in that room and then he was later murdered. Well, and, and this, again, because <laughs> this is an important thing to remember about this place is a lot of people are murdered, but there isn't any evidence of people dying in this house the landlord who'd owned it for years and years and years didn't report any deaths and also had never had tenants who said that they had experienced anything which like knowing what we know about gary indiana is incredible that no one was murdered in that house <laughs> it's like the only house around where no one's been murdered especially when you have captain charles austin come as like you know what? It's a demon. Mm-hmm. I knew it right away. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God! Dude, all these cops, they're so goofy. I had come to the conclusion, because of everything that had transpired and all the things that I had witnessed and heard about, that it affected women and children physically and the stronger being men, men electronically. Charles ha mentions 
the demon stuff. He's very religious. He he tells the story about how he was driving away from the house after experiencing some stuff there and how he pulled up a mile away at a gas station and then the AM and FM radio got on the fritz and he heard a voice yell to him, Who in there? Who's in there? <laughs> Who in there? What are you doing? Charles Austin. Bluetooth cop. <laughs> David Liebehart. Lieutenant Liebehart. <laughs> Lieutenant Liebehart. Oh, if only he had a, a, a fun puppet with him. <laughs> His whole thing is they found what they what he thought was some kind of altar and and devil worship and father Maginot confirms that he also believes that some necromancy was performed there. This part it like stinks to high heaven because they're talking about how they were like looking around in the basement and they found a tin with like two candles in it under the yep. stairs uh, where there's dirt. And they're, and he's like, hmm, dirt under the stairs? That's impossible. Yeah, it's an unfinished basement and there's like eight stairs leading down and underneath those stairs that are wide open with like a big gap to the right, there's dirt. And what they find doesn't sound ritualistic to me. It doesn't smack of necromancy. Those those Indiana fucking necromancers, Eric. This is the part for me that is totally fishy. Yeah. They notice that there's dirt under these stairs. And then these cops just start digging. What the fuck is going on? This is not standard police activity. Remember, most, I, I think half of the murders in Gary, Indiana go unsolved. These cops are like, well, we were not solving that murder, but we're going to dig under these stairs because we saw a tin with two candles and we think there's devil worship and necromancy going on. That's the fascinating thing about this whole community and this whole situation is that, like, whether everyone's in on it or not, everyone's mentally in on it. Like, they're all like, dude, demons are real they're everywhere like even the all the cops are like scared to death of satan charles has a dog come in to sniff for bodies there father machino demands that zach digs up these items which witches and warlocks the items in question are two socks a pair of panties a tin uh some what looks like a red a crushed red kettle and a metal bar. And a nail. Like a fingernail. A press-on nail. Oh, yeah. Like a press-on, like an acrylic, yeah. You know, shit that might fall off. Yeah. Like, fall out of a laundry bin as you're walking down to the fucking basement. You'll find way more incriminating shit under the stairs in my fucking basement. <laughs> yeah. Like what, Eric? Like what? Sure, a dead body or two. Who knows? Dude. Seriously. All right, I'm seriously. Witches and Warlocks, there is a supplemental to this. It's the Demon House, The Lost Tapes, which is on Discovery+. Plus. Not so lost. Not so lost. Definitely held back intentionally. <laughs> the the edited out tapes. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Did you just hear a voice? Oh my god. 
Father Magino and psychic Chris Fleming, who has a direct link to uh, the forces of hell, apparently, <laughs> go in to investigate because Father Magino wants the items dug up from under the stairs because the cops dug up these items and then reburied them. Dude, what the fuck is with this police force? We're not solving crimes, but we're going to dig up these things. Oh, I guess we're putting them back. Why not? Good day. Wow. How many murders did we miss? Five? Eh. Uh, we were busy. We were busy doing real stuff. We had demons to fight. Yeah, we found some old muddy panties. Mm, I had to sniff and then them. We got, and then we got scared. And we got real scared, <laughs> so we reburied them. And then I slipped on the ice two weeks later. I must have been <laughs> There's cursed. There's no way. that That's never happened to me like that. Because, uh, again, the theme of this is everybody who goes in here gets sick or bad luck. It is the house of a thousand coincidences. <laughs> oh, my God. That's, that is, yeah. Spot on. Fucking spot on. Kawinky dink house. <laughs> <laughs> so in this in this lost footage, quote unquote, Father Magino has demanded they redig up these items so he can perform an exorcism on him. He's all about the exorcism. He's going off. He's exercising everybody. And they 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 bust out a spirit box and they get it's one of the best spirit box sessions I've ever seen. It's just relevant responses. Ooh. Like they get like orbs, like really like the long, thin orbs that actually look like something. Are you are you body shaming orbs? Uh, yes, round orbs don't count. <laughs> you know, when I'm looking for orbs, I only keep my eye out for the long, thin ones. I want an orb that goes all the way up. <laughs> So they get they get some sexy thin orbs and they document the blinds while they're digging this up. They document the blinds uh, bleeding, doing the oil thing. Oh my god! You like you see it live on camera. Condensation, some weird gooey condensation starts forming on the blinds. Again, why cut that out? Truly, there are like that sounds interesting and. There's a lot of f dumb shit that they could have cut. In this cut footage, there's also, like, they get a really clear, like, shadow figure that has, like, glowing what? eyes. They ha they get some very creepy EVPs, including a scream as they're digging up underneath the stairs, like a woman's scream. Dude. And when they ask, like, is somebody buried there? Uh, they get a female voice immediately after that scream on the spirit box that says, I am. Oh, my God. When they do dig it up to get blessed, it goes crazy. Shit pops off. Zach gets possessed and he reburies the objects without telling anybody. And it gets yelled at by the priest to unbury them again. But he can't find the nail because he lost it. I was starting to think this may be an overblown case of mass hysteria, or that there was some other normal explanation that was now being turned into a money grab. But then, with my own investigation, shit got crazy. We didn't even finish the story of Mika. The big thing that happens with Mika is that not long after her impromptu visit to get on camera, 
Uh, her daughter apparently attempts suicide by overdosing on medication and giving herself stigmata. Right. It, it is interesting that that girl was acting pretty weird in the house. They, they focus on her, like, looking really, like, out of it and kind of staring in the middle distance. Yeah. It's, it's presented the way it's like, oh, look how weird and, like, disassociated she is. But then recently I saw a photo that was taken of me without my knowledge at a hockey game. And I had the exact same expression on my face because I didn't realize I was on camera. Are you sure you weren't getting possessed by demons at the hockey game? Well, I was possessed by the devil's lettuce. I will admit that. Oh. <laughs> we just captured a class A EVP of a male voice saying, what up? What stings to me is like, I don't want to make light of this girl's apparent suicide attempt. No. But like the fact that they interview the mother and she's like, there was a six on her back. And then, like, brings the other daughters, like, tell him, wasn't there a six on her back? And then the kid's like, doesn't confirm, does not say that there was. Right. The way everyone's acting about any of this, especially Mika's family, is extremely yeah. sus. Like, everything they do feels like uh, an act. This is my read on the situation, and maybe I'm wrong, but, like, okay, your daughter... Your oldest daughter just tried to kill herself and you call Zach Bagans? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, whether she did or not, what I feel is that they're exploiting a shitty situation, like mental health situation with her teenage daughter yeah. for clout. The stigmata thing... Mika's insistence on the six, no picture, they all have fucking phones. The daughter won't acknowledge the six. And like Zach's like, how did the six get there? And she was and she just goes, mm, I don't know. And then that ends with Mika looking at Zach being like, it was a six. Another weird thing that happened when we was at the hospital, and I'm not making this up on everything I love. I'm starting to smell some weird stuff too. Yeah, are you smelling that? My daughter was laying in the bed. Down and where Erica got up, it was a six, like, engraved in our back. Mommy, mommy, Erica got a six on her back. Do you remember seeing this six that was carved in her back? She was being all calm and weird. I get a nasty whiff of something putrid, even through my mask. Do you know how this six got carved in her? Mm -mm. It was a number six. Can you smell that? It smells really bad. That does right here. Oh, it smells like, like horse <laughs> Well, it's also interesting timing with the way the documentary is laid out because Right after Mika, that's when Zach gets the call from the Hollywood dudes. Yeah, and Zach's getting quote-unquote threatened. Yeah, right. Well, he hates bullies. He, he, he pulls that out on the, on the Hollywood boys. I have faced bullies from beyond the grave and beyond human understanding from the devil himself. <laughs> you think you can bully me? Don't bully me around. Do not call me and threaten me. Don't call me and tell me that Mr. is this big wig attorney and I better listen to what he's saying because you're being documented right now by myself 
listening to what appears to be threats. They pull the veil off here on accident because this is when we start to realize it really is about the money because then there was the interaction he had with the squatters where he was talking to the woman who was squatting there and he's like, is there anything going on? Is there any paranormal shit going on? She's like, absolutely not. There's nothing going on in this house. I've been living here. There's nothing. And then he gives some money to her boyfriend to get them out of there. And then he starts squawking. Yeah, have you seen things in here? Have you seen ghosts in here? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell you that until we sit down and we sit down and make an agreement. You know, it's a market for it. And, and I've seen the market with the people. But your fiance said that there, there's nothing in here. Well, she, that's her story. Well, and he also talks about how other people have been approached with money for stories. When this first broke, Zach, you mm -hmm. should have seen it, man. You, you just getting the, the ass end of it. Mm -hmm. And again, don't want to make light of a young girl facing crisis, but the fact that they then film her exorcism, which looks, again, so very performative, like she's trying to act pained by the words of God, right. and then she passes out. And it's, again, like the easiest thing to fake is like, do you remember anything? No. Yeah, no. That's all you have to Plead say. Plead fifth. I don't remember shit. I, I want to believe the best in people, but like Mika, Mika, I don't trust at all. I, I trust LaToya. Well, we only trust LaToya because we don't get to hear from her. It could be that LaToya didn't fucking talk to Zach because she already had money in her pocket from the fucking Hollywood guys. The only reason I trust LaToya is that it took two years for the money people to start coming and knocking. So it's like, what kind of weird ass long game is that? Yeah. So if she is playing the game, she's playing a long game, which is respectable. I think there's enough shit that happened to Latoya and her family that had enough weird witnesses. The skeptic in me says it's more psychological than anything. It's more performative psychological. We do know that, religious belief is an incredibly powerful tool. I mean, that's why you can get people who go to faith healing tents and begin to convulse violently because they're, they believe so strongly that something's happening that it actually produces a thing in their body. That and or the peer pressure and fear of not conforming or performing. Exactly. That would explain Mika's daughter's actions during her exorcism, which were which yeah. which felt so performed because she she's on the spot. She's on the fucking spot. First of all, she's she's a teenage girl who just tried to commit suicide. And then her mom's like, hey, guess what? You're on camera. We can use this. <laughs> ha, that is so fucked. That sucks. So bad. It's so bad. Oh. Very bad. Very bad. Very bad. So <laughs> we actually get into the investigation now. Zach tries to chase down the ex-boyfriend. He's like, just leave me alone. He doesn't look like a necromancer. He does not look like a necromancer's den. He doesn't come out in the swirling robe and be like, <laughs> So they bring in 
Barry Taff, PhD in uh, psychophysiology, which is a real thing. He's basically like another version of Bill Chappell. I can't remember if Bill is an actual doctor. No, I don't think so. This guy has a PhD in an actual field because psychophysiology is the study of physiological basis for psychological processes. Okay. Which is why he has all these things where he comes in and he's like, okay, we're going to see if there's like a crazy big electrical spike in here, which could be producing weird body chemistry things or neurological things. I was fascinated by this guy because he starts where he sounds very reasonable. We're going to make sure that there's no gas leaks. We're going to make sure there's no like weird magnetism. But then he just starts pulling out all the same shit that the GAC has always used. Yeah, he brings out the geomagnetometer, which is my favorite name of any device. Geomagnetometer. Geomagnetometer is pretty tight. That is pretty tight. Yeah, what does he transform into? (laughs) (laughs) It's just like a a planet-sized magnet. I am geomagnetometer. His gravitational will is pulling us in. Optimus, we need to get Bumblebee. Anything that's made of metal is under his control. Then we have to shift into beast form. And that's how Beast Wars is born. (laughs) That's, yeah, there it is. He's doing decent amounts of tests where he's like holding it in his geomagnetometer in one area. He's like, look nothing and then zach starts bitching about how angry he's feeling he's like oh wow it's bouncing up all the way and he in an interview later he's like yeah you were basically exhibiting uh 12 million times the amount of normal magnetism that humans exhibit and then he starts feeling weird after Zach starts to get aggro. And Zach does the bleh at him. He goes bleh. You get real aggravated. And that is a, a prevailing theme because Zach tries to attack Barry. And then Barry's like, hey, wow, when you did that, the meter spiked. And then when you clap your hands, the meter spiked again. Because the whole premise is that something's coming off of Zach. <laughs> Zach fucks off because he's feeling bad. Barry and the gang, Barry feels bad. Everybody's feeling bad. Yeah. And then Barry goes upstairs and this is where they get i mean i'm i'm gonna put my 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 stamp on it pretty fucking spooky mist yeah it's a weird one how do you feel about this this black mist i'm not sure how i feel about it they don't show jay turning that corner on the other cameras Mm. the way it's moving it's too quick to to be the shape of a hand it just it's like a shadow comes in from the left you can see the shadow on the wall it comes in from the left it kind of darts in and then disappears again and when they show to prove that it wasn't his hand they show him filming in a completely different direction Mm. which is moments later if it isn't his hand it is the best black mist shape that we've ever seen no maybe I don't know. I still say, I still say that the full body apparition that 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 comes out of the mist behind Nick at Sloss Furnace remains my favorite. 
that one's hard to fake and also really creepy. While they're there, Adam Albrandt, their cameraman, wanders down to the basement. That part is weird. So he's having a hard time already. He's like doing this weird shit with his hands. He's like laying down yeah. on the ground. He's also a brand new guy out of nowhere. We've never seen, he's a fucking red shirt at this point. And then he's the one who's like way out of fucking pocket. Like suddenly just like wandering off on his own, wanders into the basement, acts super creepy and then passes out and then starts vomiting blood. The man is on meth. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, Adam, not like the other girls, Aldbrandt. <laughs> I know I'm a skeptic I and I really do try to stretch to accept the premise of this show. Like I spread my bussy wide to take <laughs> Zach's nonsense all up in my guts. It's so hard to fucking do that when the guy you hired for your documentary, who eventually became too possessed to keep around, looks like he was voted most likely to have tortured as a tramp stamp. He's sketch. And you and I know these people. Like, we've worked on enough shitty, like, low, low-budget movies where, like, they bring in a fucking cameraman or, like, assistant, gaffer's assistant dude who's, like, clearly on meth. Yeah. And you're like, you're like, man, well, he's getting the job done, but dude, like... Guy's a fucking liability. Yeah, he's going to sit there and talk to us while he's smoking cigarettes like about some wildly inappropriate things. And us being in our early 20s are like, ah, cool. Wow, cool, man. So, wow, great. And I'm just, just violently searching for fucking hand sanitizer because I just put my hand in poop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, meanwhile, I was nice and warm because uh, <laughs> I was a second AD. <laughs> Uh, how'd that IMDB credit do for you? You mean the one that they misspelled my name? Perfect. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he looks like what I imagine most school shooters think they look like when they put on fingerless gloves. Like, Zach makes a big deal that he gets 666 tattooed on his hands, but I don't know if you look this guy up, but he is a horror movie maker and actor and musician. Talk about fucking clout chasing, man. Like, the dude shows up in a documentary and and he just and he just happens to be the one that goes absolutely apeshit. In a fucking hotel room, screaming up and down the hallways, trying to fight the demon demonic spirit, demanding to go back to the house, which has solidified my belief that anytime I'm I'm gonna book a hotel for like a nice vacation in my future, if that ever happens, I'm gonna ask if during that time the Ghost Adventures crew has also booked there, because god damn it, man, how fucking annoying is that? Also, they're they're talking about how like they're like, oh my god, they're calling security, they're calling security, and then you don't see anyone. No one shows up. It's just the Ghost Adventures crew all filming as their buddy has a meth fucking psychosis moment in the in defense of that i believe that security wouldn't come because somebody probably called security at that hotel room in gary indiana and the security guard was like does he have a gun no okay 
We'll get to it when we get to it. it we've seen what the police are like. You can only yeah. imagine how incompetent fucking a hotel security <laughs> guard is. Somebody calls down and he's like, yeah, there's a guy up here that's saying that he's possessed. He's like, oh no, hell no, not me. No way, no way. I ain't no, fucking sir. with that shit. <laughs> I am not fucking with that shit. I'm going home. I'm going home. In fact, y'all are, y'all are on your own. <laughs> hmm. No, sir, I didn't like it. On the flip side of Adam, not like the other girls, Aldbrandt freak out. That is, again, you could be skeptical about stuff. This is a thing that's easy to fake. You have an act, somebody who's literally an actor acting. Fine. What's not easy to fake is the fact that Dr. Barry Taff upstairs oh is beginning <laughs> to suffer from complete <laughs> organ failure. <laughs> I'm sorry, like, okay, so he ends up in the hospital, and they're like, look, man, your prostate's fucked, and he's like, what, and they're like, yeah, and you have a bladder infection, and he's like, oh, man, and then they're like, yeah, man, your whole body is fucking shutting down. You need you like need to fucking drink more water and jerk off more or something. <laughs> it's like a comedy setup where the doctor's like, "Well, we have some bad news. It's your uh, your prostate's infected." And he's like, "Oh shucks, and your bladder. Oh no, and your uh, your your kidneys. Oh, and your liver." Gee, doc, what's the good news? And the good news is it's happening all at once, which is new to me. You might be a scientific miracle. The good news is, we know what's wrong. <laughs> I was only there a few hours. I didn't, if I'd stayed there overnight, given what's going on with me now, I'd probably be dead by now. Who knows what's going on there? So this may provide incredible new definition for what's going on in these cases. I wish they had been able to do an interview with the second CPS worker who like they've they block out her face uh and she's the one who had her finger turn white um but they do show a list they do show a very funny list of the unfortunate events that beheld her 30 days after being in the house which were broken ribs from a jet ski third degree burns from a motorcycle a broken hand when she hit a table and then a broken ankle from running. This sounds like the hangover. Like, what's this crazy ass woman's life? She sounds so hardcore. Oh no, I love I love her story where it's just like, yeah, she went on her vacation. She was like, yeah, I'm finally gonna check off some fucking lists. <laughs> Again, it's a, th a house of a thousand coincidences where it's like they mentioned the psychologist gets cancer. W ouch, that's bad, but okay. This lady decides to go extreme in her 40s and suffers the consequences. You could take the unfortunate events that have happened to me in 30 days and they'd sound similar. Or it'd be like, it'd be like, yeah. uh, Eric was in the house and shortly afterwards he stubbed his toe and yelled a lot 
And then he was clawed by the neighborhood cat. <laughs> and then he threw out his lower back while he was relaxing on a Tuesday. Joel, like many nights before, sat at his computer with his right hand on the mouse and his left hand stroking his penis. And he looked to his left because his cat meowed. And in that moment, he popped his neck and he wasn't able to move for three days. <laughs> oh my god! Speaking of bad things happening to people after interactions with this house, he seemingly blames this house for Mark and Debbie Constantino. This this made my heart go out to Zach. Yes. It's sad as fuck. Witches and Warlocks, we have fun making fun of Zach Bagans on this, but like Zach is clearly trying to contextualize trauma uh, in this moment. Yeah. It's a thing, and I'm not sure it's healthy. He's putting all his chickens in one basket, you know? Eggs. Eggs in one basket's the phrase. All the chickens. All the chicken. All the chickens. And those chickens are pissed because they're living creatures being put in the basket. They're like, squawk, what the fuck? He basically blames everything bad that's ever happened on this fucking house. With the effects of the house seeming to take down members of my crew now, I decide to accelerate the situation by boarding myself up in the house, sealed up alone overnight, and let whatever may be haunting it take its best shot at me. I know this sounds stupid, but the investigator inside of me wants to experience it. The ultimate lockdown. Zach locks himself in. Most of the night passes without incident. I will say it is incredible how different Zach is when he doesn't have his boys. He comes into this house and he's got furniture in there and he's like, ah... I don't want to turn the lights off. I don't think I'm ready for that. And to be fair, man, this is one of the first times I've watched a lockdown where I was like, mm, don't think I could do it. Oh, 100%. There's no way I would fucking get locked in that house. The mountain of evidence of people being affected at this location spiritual or otherwise spiritual or mold or like shitty chemicals they're stuck in the walls like there's enough weird creepy shit happening where it's terrifying he hears a female voice female female a human female i think it says something like that's my baby and it is really clear yeah and it is unlikely to be contamination because it is during a fucking snowstorm in the middle of winter in Gary, Indiana. Which, man, earlier he blames the demons for how cold it is. And that is some funny shit. Yeah. That is funny. Yeah. <laughs> That's some funny shit right there. $35,000 house. It's not going to have the best insulation in the world. No. But the really big thing that happens. Jesus Christ. Is... At, f like, four in the morning, Zach is filming outside of his bedroom and jesus christ they get a creepy ass noise it is exactly 
what a 12 foot tall man goat would say. Zach drops his camera and it's like slightly like fuzzy and out of focus and you see a mist. Oh, it's a body. It's a full body apparition walks across the hall. The camera, of course, hasn't gone out of focus for the entirety of his stay and it goes out of focus just in time to catch what would be the the best piece of paranormal footage ever caught. And then he gets a migraine that changes the rest of his life. I felt really bad about how much I chuckled at the idea of, of Zach becoming permanently cross-eyed. Like, Zach, like, gets fucking boarded up in this fucked up house, and they're like, dude, there's mold problems in there, man. Like, it's not a good house. And he's like, he's like, nah, man, just fucking lock me in there. And he comes out with a permanent migraine and crossed eyes. And he's like, guys, guys, help. Oh, my God. My fucking eyes. He has to wear prism glasses. And if he gets the surgery to fix his eyes, he could be permanently blind. Like a good chance of him being permanently blind. Yeah, which blows. He blames the house. He says this is the moment where it happened. He went. He got flown home to Vegas right after this. Went to four doctors, and they all were like, "We don't know how this happened. It's usually associated with some kind of neurological disorder, but you don't have the disorder." So interesting. I feel like we are are almost role reversing. Where I'm like, I've bought into this a lot more than you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No. I I I have called bullshit. For this whole thing. I call bullshit on what happens at the end. Because Zach Bagans, instead of doing what could have been the greatest reality television show in the world, the real world, Gary. Oh my god. Five of the hottest paranormal researchers in the world. (laughs) Up to 200 demons, raking an 8 out of 10 on the power scale. Unlimited booze. Hot, hot, hot. Cameras going 24-7. No rules, no holds barred. Only 8s and above. We've got Dave Schrader, Billy Tully. And all the generals of hell he thinks he's saving the world from this house kind of because he demolishes it and then he takes the stairs and a jar of dirt to his museum in las vegas to charge admission to go see it so he's tearing this fucking house down and i just wanted so badly for just the camera to pan over to the two people who were squatting there oh yeah just watching this house get torn down just being like what the fuck yeah in, in a area of the world that has like serious poverty problems like, no i'm helping you you don't understand <laughs> i know that only one family has ever actually reported anything happening to them but my eyes went cross-eyed so now <laughs> nobody can live here listen you don't want to live in there i heard a goat man and then i crossed my eyes permanently <laughs> i heard a goat go meh and that is why <laughs> I'm taking this house off the market. Too bad, so sad. I'm ready to get out of here. I'm ready to get the hell out of here. I'm out. Sure, I'm out. Get out! I'm out, I'm out. Good idea. Great idea. What do you think of the documentary, Eric? What do you think of fucking Demon House? Zach's magnum opus. Um, I think that it was a little bit of a sunk cost fallacy. 
<laughs> I think that he he went in a little too much for a little too long, and then was like, "Fuck, th- I gotta keep going. Like this is it. Like this is it for me. I gotta I gotta do this." I will say, the way it was made was good i enjoyed the um sort of found footage from the police i liked the uh kind of like cameras filming from the car a lot of people with their faces blurred and their monster voices put over because they didn't want to be in it but it lacked all the fun of a ghost adventures episode and it, and in in its place it attempted to be so serious that i tried to take it seriously and in taking it seriously i do not believe any of it very interesting i saw this as an emotional tipping point for zach where he changes from the fun Zach, who is filled with vim and vinegar for investigation, to the scarred and tortured Zach. Mm, yes, Zach the White. The well, Zach the Black, because he's sad and depressing. Zach the Black. <laughs> yeah. There, there is enough stuff happening. There's enough people that I don't believe are shysters telling corroborating stories and especially adding in the extra stuff that got cut out there's shit happening there and i think it's really interesting i don't know if it's paranormal but shit happens there if nothing else this house has a lot of potential and speaking of potential I think it's time to live up to ours and challenge Zach to come fight us in the dark. Ah, yes. Let's do it. Holiday special. This is very dangerous, guys. It's like we're going in for the attack. I would be ready to perform an exorcism. Show me your power. You guys are playing with fire. It's very simple. I'm challenging Zach to have a very Merry Christmas. Aw. Yeah. Nice. He's a very religious boy. He loves Christ. He's gotta love Christmas. And you know, after watching this ep- this documentary, I think that Zach has been through enough recently. Yeah. This really fucked him up. I think it's best if Zacky boy takes a load off, sits down, shuts his fucking eyes, drinks a little eggnog, and just has a nice little Merry Christmas. Because, uh... Because he fought Krampus himself, and Krampus left him cross-eyed, whipped him with his switch, and left him with a bag of coal. Or, or actually more a, a, a bucket of dirt um, for his museum. From, from me to Zach, I say, sweet, sweet boy, may you have this night. May you uh, enjoy a fireside, delicious little, little um, a cookie snack as you wait for the more benevolent spirit of Saint Nick to come down and bring you some affliction teas, some fingerless gloves, and 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 then just build up build up for uh, for for the real fight because it's coming. We're coming for you. But for now, it's just Christmas, baby. Deep in heavenly peace. Sleep in heaven.
That's pretty funny, Eric, because uh, I'm bringing the Krampus energy. Uh-oh! <laughs> Zach's just fluttered his eyes to sleep. He's just snuggled in. Not a creature stirring, not even a mouse. But here comes Joel with his fucking challenge. Joel Krampusberger. I mentioned that I had some pretty strong feelings about this episode. Mm -hmm. What I have to say to Zach is, uh, I don't actually have a challenge for him because I don't think he's fucking worth it. Ooh. This episode oh my God. infuriated me. <laughs> like, I, I don't like Zach now. Oh, wow. I am, I am so mad. Because as I said in the Bible, he mentioned upon hearing about this, what the impetus for buying this house was it like, it's a story so big. It's like if he was an astrophysicist and a meteor landed in Indiana, he had to be a part of it. Right. Mm -hmm. So he buys the house. He gets what could be considered the most credible, modern, demonic infestation ever captured right he has the technology behind him to study it better than anybody on the fucking planet mm -hmm. it is a paranormal gold mine if you if you open yourself up to the belief the catholic church does not grant exorcisms very often it's actually really rare the catholic church signed off on multiple exorcisms for this place it's a site of incredible significance. And Zach makes the fucking unilateral decision for the entirety of the paranormal world of all paranormal research to tear the fucking house down, demolish it, and keep a part of it for his fucking collection. Hell what yes. a piece of shit. <laughs> what a garbage motherfucking asshole. Oh, I'm just protecting people. No, you're not. You took your toy oh. and fucking brought it home. Fuck him, man. Hey, and you know what, Joel? I'm going to add a little anger on top of that. If you have the kind of money where you're dropping 35k sight unseen on something... You have clearly enough money to house those two squatters who were fucking hanging out in there in the snow. Yeah. Instead, he broke it down and gave them like 50 bucks and was like, go fuck off. On so many levels, removing a potential house for people in a really desperate area of the country, removing one of the most important paranormal sites <laughs> well you know what joel that just rounds out my challenge it's not saint nick that comes down the chimney it's you and you're red <laughs> with anger damn you're straight ready i am for a fight and he has just reached the most vulnerable the most comfortable i have set him up for the most horrendous beatdown by Joel Kleinberger dressed as Santa Claus. This week, my challenge is going to Billy Tully. Because Billy Tully is more of a fucking man than Zach Whoa! at this point in my eyes. Whoa! 
Here's my challenge. I challenge Billy Tolley to eat a big burger, and I'm going to win because he's got a little butthole mouth. He can't open his mouth very wide. Wow. I cannot ex really communicate fully how livid it makes me that he fucking demolished the house i am santa claus i am bringing uh, under zach's tree you know what i'm leaving for him you know what the present is a molotov cocktail he opens it up it's beautifully wrapped he opens it up and it's a box of fucking nothing because that's what he is he's a goddamn nothing person oh my Fuck god him. oh that's beautiful that is so rough that is so harsh i love it I am legitimately mad. I am actually mad about this. I got big fucking feels about this this move that he did. Maybe the doctors will overcompensate and they'll fix his eyes too much and he'll be wall-eyed for the rest of his life. <laughs> no, he's not. He doesn't have the courage to get the surgery because he could go blind. And you know what? Fucking good. You Ooh. you blinded the world. Oh. You blinded the world to the potential. <laughs> I hope his prostate flares up too and he has a hard time peeing. <laughs> Fuck this guy. Oh my god. Hey, happy holidays. Is that all you can do is just make some stupid little noises? Because that's not going to make me scream like a little girl. Dance floor is yours. Show yourself. Well, Joel, you'll be very excited about our next episode where we will jump oh. right back into season four in episode 14 the pico house where mm -hmm. zach and the boys our classic boys are back and they get to meet their mirror selves as we Ooh. fracture into the gak multiverse <laughs> i'm so excited witches and warlocks happy holidays out there stay safe stay cool we love you have a silent night a, a lonely wait i don't silent night holy, holy night. night have a holy <laughs> night a lonely night i'm gonna have a silent lonely night and i hope all y'all have a, a, be a better one thank you all so much you're wonderful oh, yeah. big shout out to everybody who's listening to this you fucking rock Big shout out to Juniper in particular, probably our number one fan. I don't know, man. Hazel, Hazel had us as our as as their top top podcast and their their Spotify rewind. So listeners, Juniper and Hazel, I'm gonna say you're both eight out of ten in our oh, Witches and Warlock oh army. My God. <laughs> You've achieved that rank. Are, are they our gen are there our generals? You are officially our generals in our Witches and Warlock army. Thank you so much. Everybody, you are all on eight out of ten on the scale that Zach's psychic friend put out there, which is I guess good. You're all great. That's what's happening. Nine out of ten on the demon scale. Yeah, we have to be the top though, because we're I guess the Lucifer in this metaphor. We're both Lucifer, or maybe you're I'm 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 the devil. You're an angel, because you're you're very nice. I, I don't know. know. I'm I'm definitely the the morning star. I'm the I am the most beautiful angel, uh, fallen from grace. Ooh, and I get to be Beelzebub because I'm just like gross and filled with flies. I'm just jerking off in a corner somewhere, just like <laughs> yes, <laughs> the dung eater. <laughs> Ooh, I'm gonna go play Elden Ring. All right, I love you, buddy. Hey, love you too. Happy Holland Days. Happy whatever.
Alright, all you witches and warlocks out there, thank you so much for listening. Eric and I, we really appreciate it. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and iTunes by searching Come Fight Me in the Dark or at CFMITD. You can check out our Patreon for exclusive bonus content like our continued Paranormal Challenge series, Come Fight Me in the Dark After Dark for all the stuff that's too hot for the pod, and new skits, and that's at CFMITD as well. Send us an email at comefightmeinthedark at gmail.com with any questions, stories, and fan art. We, we love hearing from you, so thank you so much for listening, and have a good night. <laughs>